are listening to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast, or AI with ML. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining. The AI with ML podcast is produced bi-weekly with occasional bonus episodes. This podcast shares the stories of the people behind the new world of data and AI. What are they creating and why does it matter? If you like this episode, please subscribe so you can easily find the podcast again. You can also share your feedback and ideas with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. All links are in the show notes. Extended show notes can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcasts. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the AI with Maribel Lopez podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, and I'm actually really excited to be here at Amazon's reInvent in 2023. It's the end of November. It is a huge cloud computing and AI show, uh, 60,000 odd people here in Las Vegas right now. And they actually have their own podcast studio for creators that happen to be at the event. And I managed to get one of the coveted slots. So I'm also very excited about that. So I'm coming to you here live from the show. And there has been a lot that was announced, a lot that's going on with AWS. Um, Not surprising, you know, whenever we go to one of these cloud computing shows, one of the things that we see is there's just a plethora of announcements. And uh, this was no different. So we were talking to Amazon, and the first thing that we all wanted to try to figure out was like how many announcements were there going to be. And one of the things that was discussed is 250 announcements. So if we talk about doing a wrap-up podcast of 250 announcements, it would be a tour de force. So we're not going to do that. Uh, We're just going to talk a little bit about some of the things that happen in the AI landscape. And It's really been a banner year for AI. When I talk to my enterprise IT customers, when I talk to senior business leaders, everyone is talking about generative AI. And it's not as if we didn't have AI before, but I think generative AI is something that is so exciting for business leaders because now they feel that they have an interface to AI, which they didn't really have before. But there's a lot that goes under the covers for this, obviously. So some of the things that have happened at AWS reInvent are talking about the AI stack. And I thought that actually the company did a really good job of talking about the different layers of the AI stack. You know, the first layer that they talked about was there's an infrastructure layer, which is the layer that we've been discussing for a very long time for anybody that has um, been working in AI. And that infrastructure layer has largely been a discussion about the move from CPUs, which are still being used extensively for AI, to GPUs, to (coughs) special purpose technology, right? And we have seen Amazon talk about this as well. So they broke up on the infrastructure layer. They were talking about you've got training of AI and you've got sort of the running of AI, the inferencing of AI. And they talked about how they had released Inferentia 2 and that that had 4x higher uh, throughput and 10x lower latency, and that that was their second generation. So at this show, they talked about Trainium 2, and that's supposed to be four times faster than their previous model. Uh, When you put it together in clusters and the like, 65 exaflops of compute power, also their second generation. So we're really talking about how do we make 
training easier, more efficient, fewer chips has obviously been a huge issue with being able to get G- GPUs, being able to train large models. How do we do this? Foundation models have actually really changed the game in terms of what kind of compute is necessary. So we talked a little bit about the chips, the custom silicon. Uh, right on the heels of that, um, it wouldn't be a tech conference if we didn't see Jensen from NVIDIA on stage. So there was also some discussion of the partnership between AWS and NVIDIA. So he's everywhere. I actually don't know how he can be in as many places as he is, but it just goes to show that, you know, GPUs are still all the rage in AI. That's definitely NVIDIA's thing, but there's lots of other things that they're doing as well, uh, particularly in specialized models and the like. And so that's been a discussion at every tech conference, and this was no different. One of the things that we've seen that was also interesting is the discussion about how do we make um, AI models easier to run? So let's see if we can take some of the constraints off the table. And one of the constraints is there you are trying to train this huge model and you go away and you come back later and it stopped. There was a power issue, there was a chip issue, some issue happened and now you have to start the process all over again. Uh, That has a couple of issues. A, there's a time delay in terms of how long it takes to train the model. Uh, B, you've also spent a lot of extra compute resources. So AWS was talking about SageMaker Hyperpod, and that's supposed to reduce your time to train foundation models by, say, up to 40%. And it gets there by doing things such as doing checkpoints to see what's going on with the model as it's being trained. And if there's an issue, it can then go in and restart from where the last issue point was is the the sort of layman's way of discussing this. And I think that's really important. It is something that saves people both time and money. So those types of innovations are the types of things that we're really excited about in the analyst community for our customers. And I would say if I had to characterize one of the things that's really different about this year, instead of it just being all about the chip, which is great, we love chips, we started to get into the higher order of how does it fit into the applications? How do we build AI into applications? Um, How do we make the uh, inferencing work better? Right, uh, So they have inference optimizations now that they're talking about, which um, they say will reduce the foundation model deployment cost by an average of 50%. That's a big number. We're going to have to look into that. Um, you know, We're looking at scaling policies, uh, intelligent routing that they have, uh, just making the whole process much more efficient. But I think these are the sort of innovations that matter that people are looking for uh, at this point and we're now at a point where everybody's looking at AI and they want to scale AI as opposed to we're just doing a proof of concept or trying a thing here or there. Uh, so we're starting to see cloud computing providers come up with things that are uh, really about how do you do uh, distributed model training in a more efficient way? How do you improve the efficiency of deploying multiple models? Um, To that, we probably should go and have a discussion about bedrock, right? So uh, I went to an Amazon event uh, in the summer timeframe, and we talked a lot about generative AI. And one of the things that they really discussed there was this concept of model choice. Now, of course, they're not the only cloud computing provider that's talking about model choice. However, um, they really have kind of leaned into this and 
when they were talking about Bedrock, which is their managed service to help people adopt uh, foundation models and generative AI, and it was actually a really interesting concept to just make that process a, a lot easier for people. So at this conference, they talked about updated model support, uh, Claude 2.1, Llama 2 chat, uh, Command Light and Embed, uh, Stable Diffusion XL. So they, they updated a lot of the models um, to really try to give people choice. And we talked to a lot of customers about models, and, you know, frankly it's hard for them to figure out what the best model is, but it's better that they have model choice than not. And I think particularly after what's happened with OpenAI over the past week, I know a lot of people have become very concerned about, oh, well, are we just using one model? Are there more models that we should be thinking about? So it's difficult for them to understand how models perform and which models would be the best for their task. Having said that, if you're working with a company that has a wide range of models and you can try different things or they can help facilitate which model in the background is best to do whatever you want to do, this is kind of cool. So we've got updated model choice. We've got model evaluation. Um, so as I mentioned with some of the issues of discovering which model, uh, so now there's tooling to help you with that within Bedrock, and that's new. Uh, they talked about secure customization. So... Every company I'm speaking with now wants to use foundation models, but there's something that, you know, I've been talking about the difference between generic AI and specific AI. So in the generic AI camp, you know, you go out, you use your foundation model, you know, everybody can do it. I can, I can go and use ChatGPT, right, and ask it a question, get an answer. There's a big difference between doing that and having something that understands your industries, the roles within your organization, the type of data you have, and uses the power of, say, a large language model to say, okay, how do I get a, you know, how do I query and get back an answer that's easy to understand? But I need to mash that up with my own data to make that useful for my organization. And in order to do that, you need to have confidence that when you are training a model with your data, that that data isn't out in the wild for anybody to use. It's custom proprietary data. So this concept of secure customization, having a private copy of the model, you put your data in, you fine tune it, you're training it, and you know your data doesn't belong to any cloud computing provider. It doesn't belong to any large language model or foundation model of its image or other, other types of models. So. This has been a dialogue that's really extremely important. It's a board-level discussion uh, for organizations. Uh, so we saw some announcements within Bedrock around, you know, how to do secure customization with MetaLama 2, Cohere, uh, Command and Titan, uh, Claude 2 coming soon. So that was actually uh, another, I think everybody's talking about this now on the cloud front, helping their clients understand how to navigate this, because this is a big question that we're starting to get. Um, they talked about agents. I think agents are a little difficult to explain um, because um, <laughs> you know, there, there's lots of different ways we could use that word. But when they're using the word, they're talking about completing tasks within LLMs and uh, Helping, it, helping you connect to custom and third-party APIs. So they are actually talking about, you know, really upping the game with agents. So agents are now generally available. Um, 
So that was a good thing. We also are always talking about responsible AI. So in responsible AI, they announced something called guardrails, uh, which allows you to put filters um, into who can do what. So if you think about, you know, Maribel logs into something and she wants to do something, well, maybe I don't have access privileges to personally identifiable information. Uh, that could be HR data, uh, that could be uh, customer credit card information. So imagine these kinds of things. So you have the ability with guardrails to say, okay, when Maribel uses these systems, she's not allowed to see this type of data. And that is actually going to be extremely important for a lot of organizations to make sure that they have fine-tuned things. You can also um, filter and say, hey, um, I don't want the model to answer this type of question. And so where might something like that be relevant? Well, I think now we're used to asking services and applications questions. And I think we started this with things like Alexa and Siri, and you just asked random questions, you know, what's, you know, what's the altitude of Machu Picchu or something like that. Uh, however, uh, if you're, say, in a contact center environment, uh, you want to have a very specific set of things that you can engage with the model on in terms of the customer, sort, uh, the customer service experience, right? So you want to fine-tune that. So I think those kinds of things are really interesting. They talked about their own models. Um, they definitely have been, I mean, every, every cloud computing company has their own models. And that would be expected. It's part of the portfolio. So they've got things like Titan Text Lite, uh, Titan Text Express, Text Embeddings. Uh, but they also added Titan Image Generator and Titan Multimodal Embeddings. So that was another set of announcements. I think one of the things that is a big change in the AI world is thinking about all the people that use AI. So in the beginning, <coughs> sorry, um, Vegas is dry. It's just really hard to stay hydrated here. Uh, one of the things that's really hard is we talked a lot about data scientists, maybe developers, but mostly people that were highly technically skilled leveraging AI. And AWS spent some time talking about, well, let's look at the buckets that we're thinking about now. So there's the developers and builders, uh, there's the line of business, and then the specialists. So they actually talked about how AI applies to all of those groups. And I think that that's a really interesting progression in the field that we're now starting to talk about how different lines of businesses can use it within their applications, uh, how SaaS providers are going to leverage it, um, how we can get really, really specific. You know, so for example, um, because they have uh, Connect, they spoke about how you could leverage AI for agents in the contact center. And that's a great example of the practical applications of it, but doing it in a way that um, is a you know, basically the agent has support, uh, the manager can use it, uh, there's actually technical aspects of that that can be used by the organization. So, you know, across the developer through the specialist stack, I think has been a really um, good way of framing what we're going to do with AI moving forward. So there was a lot that's going to go on, but I'm just going to wrap this up with a discussion about Amazon Q. This is the age of the co-pilot, right? Uh, whether or not you call them co-pilots or you say Amazon Q, uh, this is where we get a tool to have a natural language interface. It's a generative AI assistant. Um, 
everybody wants to position theirs as the best. This is true. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me as a, as a person that's done marketing. Uh, but I think what's really interesting about these assistants now is the people that are building them do think about how they can help with specific tasks. So how it can help you optimize your infrastructure, how it can actually present prompts to a line of business user after they've signed on and they get their single sign on and they know who you are and therefore what you might care about and what you have access to. So what you could query. So if you want to create um, a chart and ask your systems sort of in a, in a very natural language way, uh, how are sales performing in the Latin American region and which products are performing the best? You can go into something like Amazon Q and do that. And it is a web application. It's it, from the perspective of the user. Um, they don't need to know a lot about AWS to, to use this. And so Every software company and every large cloud company I speak with is talking about how to have some kind of assistant like this. Uh, there won't be one assistant to rule them all, so I'm actually really happy to see this progression. And I think it makes a lot of sense for somebody like AWS that has a lot of touch points with an organization to do this. So. That's going to be my quick wrap of some of the things, not all of the things, that happen in AI at AWS reInvent. Uh, there will, of course, be blogs and articles and other things that will come after the event. It's been a pretty busy travel season. As you all know, you've kind of seen me posting all over LinkedIn. So I hope to have some time uh, over the holidays to really assess what happened in the industry and come back with you know some uh, broader perspectives on where we're going to go in 2024. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Be safe. And thank you. This was AI with Maribel Lopez. Thank you for listening. Show notes, subscription links, and additional content can be found at AIwithML.com slash podcast. Until next time, wishing you all the best. 